0: Can you tell us a little bit about Dorothy Day and the Catholic Worker? I assume that was your inspiration for, for the Mormon worker. Is that right?
1: Uh, yeah, to to a large degree it was. Tell, in, um, tell us about
0: her and, and why and how she inspired you to sort of borrow from what she's done.
1: Okay. Um, uh, like I said, she was a big inspiration. And, in fact, on uh, the front page of our newspaper in this first edition, uh, my, uh, colleague or comrade, whatever you call her, uh, Corey Bushman, she wrote a really excellent kind of introductory article talking about the Catholic Worker and, uh, basically talking about how we're ripping it off. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, what we're writing about, uh, being against war and being for socialism and so forth is from a Mormon perspective, uh, you know, using, uh you know, the resources in Mormon theology that support those things. But, uh, you know, obviously uh, Dorothy Day is a huge inspiration, and that's noticed even in the name of our paper, The Mormon Worker. Um, but Dorothy Day was a really interesting uh, lady. I'm no expert on her, but I've read a couple books about her. And um, she, you know, uh, in, I believe it was in like the, you know, back in like the 20s, the period of World War I. Um, she was a journalist. She was actually a communist an atheist, from what I understand, if I'm remembering correctly. And, um, you know, she, uh, again, was very active in uh, believing the Communist Party and wrote for a socialist newspaper. And, um, you know, as time went on, she uh, converted to Catholicism, and as a result, um, you know, uh, started embracing uh, the teachings uh, in the Bible about pacifism, uh, you know, putting an emphasis on helping the poor, Um, loving your neighbor, and so forth, and um, so decided to start this uh, publication along with uh, a fellow named Thomas Merton uh, called The Catholic Worker, and it was basically, uh, you know, talking about those type of issues, war and poverty um, and so on and so forth, but no longer from a communist perspective, but from, uh, you know, a Catholic perspective, and um, she decided to name her paper The Catholic Worker, because at the time, there were all kinds of newspapers out, uh, you know, and, and any kind of left-wing or socialist paper always had that, you know, kind of that kind of title, like the socialist worker, or um, when I was in, in Boston actually going to, to Harvard for graduate school, I had a subscription to the communist worker, which is a, a newspaper that's published still. Even though I'm not a communist and disagree with a lot of things that they would say, they had a, really, a lot of really good... Uh, uh, articles about the Iraq War and current events and things like that. So I really enjoyed reading uh, the Communist Worker. So um, that's where she took the name and said, "Okay, well, we're going to do the Catholic Worker," and um, and it's been been going ever ever since. There are Catholic Worker houses all over uh, the country where uh, you know they're called hospitality houses, where um, you know homeless people or, or poor people can come and get a free meal. And, uh, uh, I mean, they're not all the same, but a lot of them uh, do that type of stuff. And uh, people live in voluntary poverty. They, you know, live uh, very uh, simple, simple lives and, uh, and just try to uh, do different things to help the poor, et cetera. So, um, you know, obviously not, not everything we do is exactly like uh, the Catholic worker, and we feel like it's, uh, you know, grounded in uh, Mormon theology and in Mormon tradition. Um, but uh, that
0: was definitely an inspiration so good so um, thank you for that um, let's talk about uh, some of the main ideas that you're trying to convey and, and as I looked at at the article uh, called why uh, an introduction to Mormon anarchism and the actual URL is it says why every Mormon should be an anarchist um, <laughs> uh, what are some of the what are some of the main ideas that you're trying to get across? So give us sort of the high-level arguments or justifications or sentiments you're trying to convey about, um, you know, why people, why, why Mormons should should pay more attention to what you're writing.
1: Um, well, some of the basic ideas that we're trying to get across, I mean, one is that, um, in my view at least, uh You know, the Mormon theology is opposed to capitalism. And I'm just kind of talking off the top of my head here, but in the Doctrine and Covenants it says, um, it is not given that one uh, man should possess that which is above another, wherefore the world lieth in sin. And so, you know, there are so many things in the Doctrine and Covenants that talk about economics and that stress um, the fact that there should be no poor, that we should have our uh things uh our possessions in in common, uh you know, and that can take a variety of different forms, which you see in early church history with uh the cooperative movements in Utah and the United Order movements and things like this. It wasn't all done the same, but there are ways to to share things in common and take care of the poor as a society and I think you know for whatever reason you know many Mormons do feel like capitalism is uh, you know, somehow divinely sanctioned, or uh, and that that is kind of the way to go, and that's the way God wants things. And I don't blame anyone for you know being a capitalist, and and uh, you know you got to you got to pay your bills, and you got to raise kids, and uh, you know it's something that you can't really escape. But um, to think that capitalism, with all the inequality that that generates, um, having people who are terribly rich uh, on the one hand and people who uh, you know, are, are starving to death and can't get basic uh, health care. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, that that is simply contrary to uh, Mormon scripture. And, and to be honest, I, I really don't know how someone could argue that, uh, you know, capitalism is consistent with uh, the scriptures. I mean, you can argue, well, it's the only system we've got. It's a necessary evil. Uh, what can we do about it? But to say that that is the way, or that, that capitalism and, and its consequences are consistent with, you know the you know all of the passages in the Doctrine and Covenants that talk about economics, passages in the Book of Mormon uh, and in the Bible even that those somehow support capitalism. Uh, you know personally, I don't see how that can be done. Obviously, uh, because again, people usually think only of capitalism and communism. Because communism uh, is so restrictive of free agency and is based so much on force and violence, um, you know obviously also in my opinion communism is very very wrong, but it, for some reason people think that because communism is wrong and inconsistent with the scriptures uh, that therefore capitalism is somehow correct and, and again i I just can't see any evidence of that whatsoever and um, it's been interesting as I've been doing a bit more reading I'm definitely far from an expert on on church history, Um, but from a lot of reading I've done, um, in fact, I just read uh, uh, a passage in a book uh, the other day where uh, there was a a history of Missouri that was written by a non-Mormon who um, commented that the reason that, you know, the Mormons were being persecuted and Joseph Smith, you know, was being run out of every town that he lived in uh, was because he was constantly being accused of being a communist or promoting communism, and that was this was a uh, you know a historical book that was written uh, back in the 1880s. Okay, so again, communism is opposed to the gospel because of its restrictions on free agency. But why is it that according to this you know historical book written by a non-Mormon in the late 1800s, that he says that Joseph Smith and the Mormons were constantly being accused of being communists? Um, It's because the the economic ideals that they promoted uh, were um, socialist in the sense that they promoted communal economics, having all things in common, and again, you know, the contrast between how the Mormons did things and the way communism says things should be done is that there's no force involved in the way the Mormons did it. It was voluntary to participate And, you know, the secret police didn't come and and, and, and shoot you in the middle of the night if you didn't want to participate. Um, So that's a big big thing. The other thing, uh, you know, regarding war is that, again, in the Doctrine and Covenants it says, renounce war and proclaim peace. And, uh, you know, like I've acknowledged, you know, there are times when you have to use violence, you know. Uh, Maybe there's no way around it sometimes, but from what the scriptures say, uh, LDS scriptures say, both in the Doctrine and Covenants and the Book of Mormon, they say that using violence in an offensive capacity uh, or launching uh, offensive wars or wars of aggression, that that is contrary to what God wants. And there are many passages in, well, I guess I shouldn't say many, but there are some passages in both the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants that encourage us to adopt a pacifist ethic, um, I guess the big example is the story of anti Nephi Lehi's in the Book of Mormon where, uh, you know, they, there's a number of Lamanites that convert to, uh, you know, becoming believers in Christ. Their former brethren, uh, some Lamanites, uh, basically attack them, and instead of fighting back, they basically you know prostrate themselves on the ground and allow themselves to be slaughtered. Uh, is that required? I don't think so.
0: Okay, so some of the main principles I'm hearing you talk about are that capitalism uh, has some major flaws, that p- things need to be voluntary and not compulsory. I'm hearing you say that um, war is, is, is by its nature evil. Any other sort of main high-level points that you're trying to get across in your philosophies and ideologies, etc
1: uh... you know those are those are the main things in terms of uh, you know ideas or ideologies, so to speak, but um, also a lot of things we'll emphasize in the paper are you know having articles about the Iraq war, uh, articles about uh, the conflict in Israel- Palestine, and the terrible effects that the Israeli occupation of Palestine uh, have had on uh, indigenous Palestinians, uh, both uh, Muslims and Christians, um, you know, D- different kind of current events that may or may not be directly related to Mormonism, but we're just going to try and provide some, uh, you know, some uh, uh, some commentary on different current events uh, that have to do with war and economics and and so on and so forth.
0: So, what? Uh, um, how is how has the uptake been? You you uh, published two thousand in your first issue, is that right? Yeah. And uh, what's the uptake been like? Are you sold, you're, you're giving them away, is that right?
1: Um, it, we just kind of a kind of a combination. Uh, essentially, if you know someone wants one and they don't want to pay for it or don't have money, you know, we'll just give them to them. Um, I've been giving them just to a lot of my friends because you know a lot of them say we're going out somewhere and they buy me a burger and then for me the next day to, <laughs> uh, to uh, you know charge them a dollar for a newspaper. I mean, I just give them away. But um, uh, a lot of people, you know, we do ask that people pay a dollar. If they don't have one, fine, no big deal, we'll give you one. Um, and then we have been giving them away at uh, a couple different bookstores downtown at uh, Sam Weller's um, Rare Books and Ken Sanders Rare Books. We've got some at the Graywell CDs on 13th East up by the University of Utah um, and at another place called the Red Light Books, uh, which is also downtown. And they're just there uh, along with the other free publications. Um, so we we'll try to keep those stocked, and uh, as soon as the stack runs out, you know, I try to drop by and uh, and drop another stack out there. So are they uh, up until now? Are they moving? Um, up until now, we've uh, I think we've got maybe about 600 left or so.
0: And are you? Are people emailing you or calling you, or you know, what types of things are you hearing from people? You talked a bit about that at the beginning, but talk a little more about that.
1: Um, yeah, I mean we've been getting a, a, a lot of response um, from people, largely due to that the article in the Salt Lake Tribune. Um, I guess I understand how the PR industry works, you know, trying to get free advertising because you know it's it's uh... just having that article in the Salt Lake Tribune. Um, direct, you know, a lot of people read it about it and were really excited and went to the website. You know, there's a way to contact me by email on the website, and so I've been getting. I mean, that's all I've been doing the last couple of days, and if I'm not at work is basically, uh, uh, responding to emails about people that were really excited about it and just wanted to say, Hey, appreciate what you guys are doing. Other people have been wanting subscriptions, um, and, and so on and so forth. So there, there really has been, uh, you know, I think a good, uh, a good response and, uh, you know, hopefully that will kind of continue to, uh, to snowball and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens from here.
0: How many how many emails have you received about approximately like ten or?
1: Oh, probably maybe like thirty, forty, something like that.
0: Ooh, that's a lot. And how how is this funded? Who's funding this endeavor?
1: Uh, I pretty much am just paying for it, and then um, you know, as different people that are helping out, you know, that are also doing doing everything with me, uh, like uh, Tyler and Corey Bushman and Ashley Bledsoe. Uh, Kristen Bushman, um, uh, other people, other friends of mine—they've been selling copies, and uh, if they, you know, make a little bit of money, they give it back to me just to try and offset the uh, the cost a little bit. Uh, but uh, basically, just been paying for it, and uh, you know, I just kind of figured, well, even if I lose money on it, uh, I think it's uh... it's it's a worthwhile thing. So I never really expected to actually, um, uh, you know, break even even. Um, If we do manage uh, to get to that point where uh, we have more money coming in than than what it costs us, we've kind of decided that we should just, you know, give the excess money to uh, fast offerings. And uh, that way um, it'd be a way to, um, you know, actually do something good, Uh, you know, provide some financial uh, donations to fast offerings uh, that the church can use. And um, you know, then we'll just keep uh, publishing it, just uh, getting our cost back and donating all the excess. So
0: And what what materials are you printing in newsprint or just in regular paper? Are you doing your own printing or do you do you outsource it?
1: Uh no, there's uh there's a company, uh, a printing company here in Utah that's uh been doing that you know did the first run for us. And so um the newspaper just looks like uh it's just like a regular newspaper, it's a little bit smaller than you know, say, the Deseret News or one of these normal newspapers would be, uh, it's not as big, but it's just on the exact same type of paper. And um, uh, so it actually looks really cool. I don't know if anyone, you know, maybe a lot of people listening obviously haven't seen what the paper looks like. And, uh, you know, you can go to our website and the articles are online. They can be read there for free, but there's, you know, you can't actually see what the newspaper looks like. But uh, the newspaper actually looks really cool. Um Tyler Bushman uh, did all the formatting and just did an awesome job and did all the design and some of the logos. And uh, just visually, I think it's, uh, it's pretty cool. So.
0: Is he related to Richard Bushman? Do you know?
1: Um, I'm not 100% sure. I think he might have told me once that they're kind of distantly related. Distantly
0: related. So what, this is my last technical question. So what does it cost per, per, uh, per paper to print 2000 just to give our listeners a sense for why they need to contribute and support what you're doing, or if you're not comfortable talking about that, that's cool too. But I'm just curious because uh, I'm.
1: No, it's fine. I mean, uh, it uh, to actually print the 2,000 just cost roughly uh, five five hundred dollars. Okay. So it wasn't really anything exorbitant, and then it's cost us more because I've been mailing out a lot of copies, and that costs you know like twenty cents for an envelope because you can't mail it just by itself, and then you know. Forty cents or whatever for shipping um so you lost some more money on that, and then I have come to the realization that like I mentioned before I hate computers, but <laughs> um uh you know there are tons of people who um you know uh really use computers a lot and they love going to blogs and that's where they do most of their reading um and so uh we are gonna you know do some upgrades to the website and uh make it more professional and uh, you know, so people can leave comments and have ways for people to purchase subscriptions online. Uh, you know, using credit cards and uh, just have a, a, a lot more features.
0: Maybe that you should, maybe on the website. maybe you'll start so a blog. Um, it'll
1: have a. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be a blog, but like after all the articles, you can leave a comment. You know, um, and that'll you know cost maybe a thousand dollars to to get a a decent. Uh, a decent website so that's uh, another cost so you know i mean if people feel like donating obviously we we very much appreciate that um
0: people have uh, been donating people have been donating
1: um mostly just been buying subscriptions and then there's a a couple people who've donated a little bit of money but it's been it's been pretty minimal so oh good i think that'll increase uh, hopefully that'll increase a bit but uh if not you know uh, i think we can actually i'm sure we can Keep going, you know, even if uh,
0: financially not much uh, comes in. So, well, I know it's getting late, but let, there's two more short series of questions I'd love love to ask, if that's okay. One is just around the sort of the reality and the theology and the history within the Mormon Church, and and here's just sort of what my observation is. My observation is that um, Mormon doctrine and and theology has changed significantly over time. If you look at sort of what the Book of Mormon said in the Kirtland years, it's almost a totally different theology. You know, if you take out God and Jesus and an atonement, a resurrection, faith, repentance, baptism, if you sort of put that aside, because that's sort of what all Christian religions seem to share. The Mormon theology and doctrine between the Kirtland years and the Nauvoo years are sort of fundamentally different. And then if you sort of take the doctrine of theology from the from the Nauvoo years and compare that to how it is now again it's very very different. And so you know, I might say to you, of course you can go back into Mormon scripture or the Bible uh, or select periods in Mormon history and you can you can justify, you know, a point of view a point of view that supports United order, a point of view that uh, supports pacifism, a point of view that supports, you know, anti-capitalism or whatever, uh, you know, serving the poor. But, you know, if if Mormon history has shown us anything, it's that modern prophets trump uh, past prophets. And that, you know, we need to pay more attention to current doctrine than whatever the doctrine was in the past. And you could take anything from blood atonement to Adam-God theory to polygamy. You know, the list is endless of the doctrines that we've completely walked away from as a church. And yeah. so, so the reality is it's almost irrelevant to, to invoke select scriptures or historical examples that support this philosophy or ideology that you're, you know, trying to advocate. It's almost irrelevant because the church today is clearly pro-capitalism, pro-Republican, pro-war, that's my opinion. Um, pro, you know, you know, basically George Bush republicanism and all its sort of social, political, philosophical ramifications. And so um, you know, in some ways, you really are advocating something opposed to what the church is currently, I- implicitly, if not explicitly endorsing. And so how do you, you know, how do you reconcile that? I mean, we have a prophet, in revelator today. If he wanted to bring us back to the United Order or socialism or anarchism, he could do that, but he doesn't. If he wanted to speak against the war, he would, but he doesn't. And so in some ways, even though I really get the feeling in the sense that you're not trying to do this, this is not your intent the the ramifications of the implications are that, that the philosophies you're advocating are very much counter to where the church is today. How do you reconcile that?
1: Um, regarding, I guess, some of the changes that have taken place, um, you know, throughout the period of church history, uh, you know, unfortunately it's the case that I'm not such a great, uh, you know, I'm no... Church historian and no expert on 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 uh, church history. You know, hopefully, I'll improve in that area in the future. But so you know, can't really comment on on any of that. But um, you know, I mean, it, it does bring up a good question. But maybe this uh, is you know partly provides some of the answer uh, that uh, to the question you asked previously about. Well, you know, uh, h- how do you feel that uh, you know the the, the prophet and, and the General authorities haven't come out and explicitly and in, in, in very strongly condemn the war, and um, you know I think to some degree um, they do remain uh, out of politics uh, on many issues, you know, uh, rightly or wrongly. And some issues they do, uh, you know, tend to make some comments about politics. Obviously, uh, in the case of uh, you know gay marriage and and, and things like that, and it's not like they never make comments about politics, but it is, uh, you know, I guess, you know, in light of the question you just asked me, I think it maybe is a really good thing that the leadership of the church has, you know, shied away from coming out and explicitly saying, you should have these political views or those political views or vote for this person or for that person. And, uh, you know, maybe the leadership of the church and the church as a whole leans in one particular direction. But they also don't come out and say, "You can't be a Democrat, for example. And maybe as a result of you know some of the you know who knows if one day you know, someone might come out and say, "Well, you can't be an anarchist and a Mormon. I don't think they'll ever come out and say that. I think they'll you know essentially say, "Look, and uh, the leadership of the church will acknowledge that, hey, look, there are a lot of different viewpoints you can take." Um, some of those are based on uh, uh, religion and theology. Some of them are based on, um, you know, just people's experiences growing up. Some of them are based on the way they were brought up by their parents. Uh, some of them are, are based on, you know, uh, maybe the books that the person reads growing up. And so I think, um, even though, um, like you mentioned, it is obvious that what uh, that what we are advocating it goes against the grain. Of the you know the broader currents in the church, I think there is room enough for uh, there to be you know anarchists in the church. Just like I think most people realize that there's room for Democrats in the church. Um, so uh, yeah, maybe that doesn't uh, answer your question so well. But I think that was another thing that um, I wanted to accomplish um, in writing the newspaper, doing the newspaper is to simply let people know that, hey, look, you might be against the war, you might consider yourself a socialist, um, and there is a place for you in the church that we have every much is right, every, or every much um, the right to be in the church that, say, a Republican is uh, or has or a Democrat has. And again, like I mentioned, I think and you know people are open to you know try to prove me wrong if you know if they actually cared enough to do so which probably most don't but uh... you know people are, are, are welcome to try and prove my viewpoints wrong and say well hey look anarchism is not consistent with mormonism socialism is not consistent with mormonism but i do feel like that these viewpoints are more consistent with uh... the gospel um, with the things that we have in the scriptures and uh, that are in the standard works than, for example, uh, someone who's saying that capitalism is consistent with the gospel and with uh, the scriptures and so forth. And, um, you know, again, maybe most uh, members don't think that well, I think. I mean, obviously they don't. But um, I think, uh, you know, what is in the Doctrine and Covenants is Holy Scripture. And uh, it wasn't revealed yesterday or, or whenever, but it's there, and we acknowledge that as uh, canonized scripture, and uh, the Book of Mormon is canonized scripture. So maybe those things that I'm advocating don't get emphasized much anymore, but to say that those things aren't part of the Church uh, I think is incorrect because every person who sits down and reads the Book of Mormon uh, will read Fourth Nephi about how the people lived back then, Everyone who you know who sits down to read the Doctrine and Covenants will read about the United Order and the different economic principles that are taught in the Doctrine and Covenants. Uh, you know, every missionary who gives someone uh, a Book of Mormon or a Doctrine and Covenants or whatever, those people will read those things that, in my opinion, uh, you know, advocate the type of things that we're advocating. And I think uh, to say that that is no longer part of the Church or cannot be a part of the Church. Um, you know,
0: just isn't, isn't quite correct. So. Sure, sure. So, uh, two, two last questions. The first is I, I've actually, you know, because I've had, you know, I went through a period of studying church history in depth and then feeling, uh, feeling sort of disillusioned and, and, um, frustrated with the big difference between the history I thought was you know how the, how things happen and and what the actual histor- historical records show, and that sort of launched me into this period of studying all sorts of Mormon intellectuals who have had who have advocated various ideas from feminism to gay rights to um, you know various theological views, and you know there's this pattern that happens where you know first of all there's always this assumption that the, that the that the advocate is sinning in some way. And that that was sort of what was behind their advocacy that ultimately ended up leaving the church. But that's never been what I've discovered. What I've discovered is they had some sincere, you know, you know, they had some sincere viewpoint that was rooted either in scripture or in past statements by general authorities. Uh, They felt totally justified in their advocacy. They, They really felt like if the church was inspired, that it really should sort of move in that direction. And at first, they were super idealistic. They, they just felt like if people could be informed, they would see the light. But then they started um, maybe getting some notoriety. People, they started gaining some traction. And the brethren or church leaders locally or, or administratively started feeling uncomfortable with what they were doing. They started getting um, pressure from ecclesiastical leaders. And, um, and over time, either they were asked to sort of stop what they were doing or... Or uh, just they didn't get any traction and they started feeling disenchanted with their relationship, you know, with the church. And then ultimately, either they were sort of kicked out or they just left the church because they just didn't see harmony between what their heart told them was right and the way that the church administratively or bureaucratically was, was moving. And so I know you're sort of early into this advocacy stage, but, you know, have you contemplated that well-trod path that others have taken? Have you ever feared that that might be a road you might take? Or do you have just complete conviction that that's just a place you're never willing to go? You know, talk just a tiny bit about whether, you know, you've contemplated this and how you, how you see your path shaping up as you really start advocating these these positions.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's a tough question, because there's, uh, you know, the experiences of a lot of other people that have been through that, I mean, to be honest, I'm just not familiar with that, and, uh, you know, I I definitely disagree with the idea that, you know, everyone who leaves the church leaves because, you know, they're a sinner, or or whatever else, I mean, there are people who have, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, just legitimate concerns and and intellectual um, problems with, some aspects of the church and so forth and, and uh, you know, I can understand why uh, they decide that, uh, you know, maybe the church isn't true or the church isn't, you know, for them or whatever. Um, you know, I think that, that, you know, that definitely happens um, and, uh, but it, it, as far as myself, I mean, I, I really, I really don't know. I mean, I guess I haven't thought about it too much and, um, I mean, I've thought the way I think for years now. I mean, I'm not, I'm 29, and I've pretty much, you know, began, uh, you know, feeling like anarchism was uh, politically the way that, uh, you know, all people, and especially Mormons, should go. And obviously over those, you know, since I was maybe 21 or 22 uh, in those uh, last seven years, you know, not much has changed. (laughs) Right, right. So just because the, uh, you know, the the Mormon worker is getting uh, released now, Um, and and is getting, uh, you know, I still will say a very, very mild, mild uh, amount of attention. Um, You know, the Mormon worker is new, but my views aren't new. And, I don't know, I mean, I just try to think back on or am reminded of, um, you know, different experiences I've had throughout my life, I mean, particularly on my mission. Um, And... Uh, You know, people talk about, you know, obviously a mission kind of providing foundation for uh, their testimony for the rest of their life, and I think that's true with me. And so it's my mission. I mean, you know, uh, to be honest, I've been a lazy Mormon here and there, and I've been more active at times and less active at times. But, uh, you know, I can always look back to, um, you know, different experiences that I've had on my mission that, you know, confirms to me that, uh, you know, personally at least, that the Church is true, that the Book of Mormon is true, um, and are there going to be, you know, times when, you know, uh, church members do things wrong? Sure. Are there going to be times when uh, uh, general authorities do things that are wrong or uh, advocate views that are are incorrect? I mean, I guess, uh, you know, you can look back at comments from, uh, you know, some uh, members of the Church having to do with racism and so on and so forth, and, and obviously be quite embarrassed about the things that some people advocated, but... Um, you know, by and large, I've had, you know, spiritual experiences that, um, you know, as far as I can tell in my life right now, uh, have confirmed, uh, that the church is true. And again, I, the, the reason that anarchism is so appealing to me, uh, the reason that, um, I do feel that war is so wrong is really because I'm a Mormon and not in spite of it. And, um, in that Salt Lake Tribune article, uh, a lot of people left comments on the Salt Tribune website afterwards, uh, you know, saying things like, "Well, uh, or this month," and even on some other blogs where a little bit about our paper has been going around. People saying, "Oh, this kid's trying to, uh, you know, use Mormonism as a cover for his politics and 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 hijack Mormon theology and uh, use it for his own purposes." And these people are dangerous, and uh, you know, things like this. So people been writing stuff like that, and uh, you know. I honestly just disagree with them. that uh, my, um, uh, you know, learning about anarchism and seeing uh, the terrible things I've seen in Iraq and also in Palestine where I studied where there was a lot of violence at the time. Uh, was in the middle of uh, the second intifada that was in 2003 uh, when I was there. Uh, Those things, having those experiences and learning what I've learned uh, have, have really made me uh, appreciate Mormonism uh, even more. And yeah, you know, obviously most Mormons don't agree with me, but, uh, you know, all of our beliefs and ideas are influenced by more than simply religion. Uh, in each person, uh, our views and beliefs are influenced by, again, culture, uh, experience, somewhat by religion, et cetera, And so, uh, you know, my experience is going to be different from every other Mormon's experience, uh, the things that I am influenced by are to some degree going to be different than what every other Mormon has experienced. Um, and so, yeah, people are going to disagree with me. I'm going to disagree with them. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, I feel like all the experiences I've had and uh, you know, learning about anarchism and so on and so forth has simply made me appreciate uh, Mormonism even more and made me even more proud to be a Mormon than even I was uh, previously. So what, uh, you know, the future holds and what's happened to these other people and whether uh, I'm going to get into some type of trouble or, you know, bad things will happen as a result of, uh, you know, maybe getting a a bit of publicity about the paper, um, that that might be. I mean, I just don't know, you know, what the future holds. But uh, whoever out there there is uh, that is going to say, hey, look, what you're doing is dangerous or wrong or evil. Uh, And there's a lot of people I'm sure will say that. Uh, I just hope that they would, um, you know, just have some tolerance and say, hey, look, uh, this is the way these people think, Um, you know. And again, just like there's room in the Church for Democrats, uh, there's room in the Church for Republicans, there's room in the Church also for anarchists. And again, I think our uh, views on politics and so forth are more consistent with the Scriptures than, uh, say, a Republican or Democrat. But, uh, you know, just because... Everyone doesn't think like me, uh, you know, uh, that doesn't, you know, cause me to lose faith, so to speak, in the gospel or the divinity of the Book of Mormon and the scriptures, and even in the prophet, even though, you know, I'm sure I disagree with him on a lot of things. And if we had, you know, a talk about the Iraq war today, uh, again, I don't know exactly what President Hinkley thinks, but I um, <laughs> most likely I'm going to disagree with him about a lot of things. But, um, you know, that doesn't mean uh, the priesthood doesn't exist on the earth and so on and so forth. So.
0: Right, right. Well, let's just end by you, I, I don't want to say bearing your testimony, but, you know, what are the pillars of your faith? And what are what, when you contemplate the gospel and scripture and doctrine, what are the tenets um, and the pillars that drive and motivate you? You've, you've talked a lot about them, but if you just had to summarize for our listeners the pillars of your faith... What, what, how would you how would you summarize them?
1: Um, again, I think you know, maybe just going back to uh, you know the basic things that uh, you know that Jesus taught, the way he lived his life, um, he was just a nice person or more than a nice person, but he was a nice person who uh... looked out for the welfare of other people he loved other people he was kind to other people he didn't like seeing uh... you know people that were suffering and and and, uh, and that were miserable and uh... you know to me i mean i guess those are the things you know say for example you find in the sermon on the mount about how to treat people uh, including your enemies um... you know those are the things that probably at the core are the things that um, you know, are most important to me in terms of uh, my testimony or or, or what I think the gospel is, treating other people nicely, uh, doing what you can to help other people. Um, And, uh, you know, again, obviously with, uh, you know, the idea that Jesus uh, is our Savior and was resurrected and that there is a life after this life, those I think uh, maybe are, are kind of the, the things that I, you know, personally think are maybe the most important, like in uh, Matthew 25, uh, where, um, you know, there's a scene at the Judgment Day where a person comes and says, you know, Lord, Lord, when did I ever, uh, you know, give uh, aid to the the sick or to the needy and things like this? And the Lord says, well, any time you did that to another person, you did that to me. I mean, I think that is kind of the core of the gospel is just, Trying to do what you can to help other people, and um, and that's really what life is about. And uh, you know, I feel a little always a little bit uncomfortable talking about religious things like this because you, know, you know I really don't do an awesome job of like really keeping uh, every commandment like I should. There's so many things that times when I screw up and and sin and and so I it, you know don't. It, it kind of seems weird to me to even talk about. Religious things, which is why you know, even the newspaper kind of focuses less on spiritual things and more on uh, kind of political things. But, uh, you know, those are things that over the years have just made me feel like, um, you know, Christianity and specifically Mormonism, you know, are uh, or is the true religion. And uh, those are the type of things that, as bad as I may or may not be in living up to them, uh, you know, those are things that to me make me think, oh, wow, I should really try. And
0: that's the way to go, you know. Well, well, William, um, I, I guess I'll just remind the audience that the that the website is themormonworker.org. dot uh, org. The publication bears the same title, and uh, I just want to thank you so much for coming on Mormon Stories. I want to commend you for your, uh, you know, your integrity and your courage and your um, idealism and and. Um, and just uh, wish you all the best in what you do and let me know if I can help in any way.
1: Okay. Well, no, thank you, John. I mean, um, particularly it's just nice to be able to speak at length about uh, a lot of these different things, especially Iraq and, and the war and so forth because so many times I've, uh, you know, I ended up giving radio interviews and on, you know, KSL or TV and things like this as a result of the variety of things that have happened to me. And, uh, you know, you only have... Uh, Thirty seconds, or in the case of the radio, five seconds, and it, you know, or in a newspaper article, there's you know three quotes that are two lines, and uh, it really is uh, you know quite nice and a privilege to just be able to speak at length and you know try to do a better job of conveying you know some of these ideas that to a lot of people just seem you know so they they've just they're so strange they've never heard anything like that. Uh, before, so anyways, just appreciate the chance to uh, you know to be on, uh, to be here, and be able to do uh, the interview. So,
0: well, uh, it's my pleasure, uh, William Van Wagner. Everyone, thanks. Uh, thanks again. The the website is themormonworker.org. dot org. Take care, William.
1: Okay. Thank you.